Look, in the solar business, there's really only two types of people. There's the ones that crush it, make six, seven, and eight figures, and then there's everyone else. The question is, which one will you be? Over the last four years, we've studied the sharpest solar sales and marketing professionals and how they build multi-million dollar incomes using only the best sales and marketing strategies. So how do these solarpreneurs do what they do and what makes them so successful? This podcast is your answer. Join us and thousands of sales pros, marketers, and entrepreneurs as we take the solar industry by storm and uncover what it takes to sell more solar with less effort. Welcome to the Solarpreneur Podcast. What's going down, solarpreneurs? Today we have got one of my uh, amigos here from California. His name is Tyler Egg- Eggleston. That's how you say your last name, right, Tyler? Yeah, you got it right. Yes, Tyler Eggleston. <laughs> okay. So we're here in California. Um, he's a little bit north of me, but we're excited to have him here on the podcast because Tyler, I actually just barely saw him in Nashville. I was at, I was at Funnel Hacking Live. I saw him walk on stage and not, not only get one, but two two comma cub awards and for those of you who don't know what that is that is one million dollars through a sales funnel online so in his case it'd be two million dollars so tyler congrats on that award and thanks for being on the show my man yeah definitely definitely so thanks uh happy to be here yeah so let me ask you how did you feel walking up on that stage but it had to be a huge accomplishment what were your thoughts walking on the on that stage and getting those awards well, more of it was last year. Uh, so I was at, uh, you know, the event the year previous and I saw everybody walking across the stage and I was like, man, I need to make it a commitment and a goal next year to do that. Um, you know, and it was just kind of a matter of kind of getting my focus down to stop focusing on so many things and just get really good at doing one thing and doing it right. Um, and so I just, you know, it was, it just felt good. You know, it's kind of like Russell was saying, uh, like whoever, whenever you win like a wrestling match, it's just always cool to like have your hand be raised. And so it's kind of like just that, uh, quick acknowledgement of just saying, Hey, you did this. Um, and so I just celebrated and you know, just kind of like, all right, on to the next award. So, uh, this year I'm definitely going for that eight figure award. want to hit that 10 million. And, um, what's funny is I actually did last year over 5 million um, through those funnels. I just didn't have time to actually turn in to get the other awards. So I, I just turned those in the other day. I've been nice. so busy. Um, awesome. and so that's, yeah. So it was, it was exciting, you know, it was cool. Um, but you just got to kind of get back to the focus and uh, just kind of go for the next thing. So. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Never be satisfied. I think that's one of the secrets. So was it, uh, do you feel like it was more of an accomplishment? Like it's tougher to get your first two common cup award than get the second one? Um, I really, honestly, the two common club award, I think is very easy to do. And I think people, what, what's going on is everybody thinks that you need like a widget and you need a chat bot and you need this email sequence and you need all these things. And what it comes down to is, just the basic roots like you don't need to have all like everything and i think people get so sidetracked when something new comes out 
that they have to implement it into their business and that that's going to be the one thing that changes their, their business. And there's just so much crap out there um, where you will literally have the tools in front of you. All you need is Facebook ads, a funnel, and that's really all you need. So, and then you kind of need to get a team. So I think a lot of people lack getting a team. Um, getting a team is very important. And so for anybody that's listening to this, that's a, you know, a solar guy, I was knocking doors. I'll kind of give you guys my story and why yeah, you should let's say that for a second. Yeah. Um, so I started knocking doors when I was 21 and I knocked until I was about 24. I did it for three years and it was a grind. Um, you know, and I think everybody should knock doors. There's so many lessons you've learned and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but the problem with it is you only have so much time in a day. And so what I would do is I would knock doors. It was back when you could do a paper contract and have somebody sign. You didn't have to have e-signatures or anything. Wow. And that came out. And so when that came out, um, it kind of changed everything. So I would knock one day to set appointments for the next day or for that night. And then the next day I would try and go to all those appointments, hopefully that they would show up and then sell. And so it just sucked. It was like back and forth every other day. And then I kind of went with the whole hiring canvassers, right? And I would pay them like 50 bucks for every appointment that sat. So I would get people and I would have them go out and knock doors for me. I would train them up. And after like the first week, half of them would quit because they didn't like rejection. Knocking doors is tough, you know? So um, just the whole process of like, training people, wasting, I felt like I wasted my time because then they quit. And I was just like, man, there's gotta be a better way than just doing this. Yeah. And so then I actually, I went out, I did it long enough where I went out and I bought a bus. So instead of having people drive, I figured, you know, if I could just get a bus, take people, drop them off in a neighborhood and then actually pick them up later on, they wouldn't be able to like leave and go back to their car and you know, they'd be forced to stay out in the field. And it worked out actually pretty good. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so I would just drop them off and then whatever they set, they'd call me and then I would just go close the appointment. Um, and, uh, and, and it worked. I did it for a good amount of time. Um, but then the same thing, you know, people eventually would quit. You're still rehiring and it was just a pain in the butt. And so yeah. um, the next step from there was I started buying leads. And okay. so I started buying leads from a company called Lead Genesis. And the problem when you would, when I bought leads actually was, um, you know, I would pay for an exclusive lead and it would be anywhere from like 66 bucks in California up to like a hundred dollars or more. And oh. what I would find out when I would call them is they would literally be like, Hey, you're the fifth person to call me. Like, what is this? And I'm like, are you serious? And so I found out that the exclusive wasn't exclusive or if you find print, it told you it was exclusive for like three days and then they would resell it. So, go. yeah, so basically what I did from there is um, I actually followed Ty Lopez, which I'm sure most of you guys did, and uh, everyone knows Ty. Yeah. And um, he had this little VIP course, so I took his little 67 steps, and, uh, but he, I paid for his VIP, and that's where I found out about Russell Brunson um, and Hope Funnels, and uh, so I just kind of started – you know, checking out ClickFunnels, and I took like an e-commerce course from Justin Senior. But the most important part of that was I learned how to do Facebook ads, and I applied it with ClickFunnels. And no joke, um, probably the first day I launched it, I got about two leads 
um, for like $8 each. And I was like, no way. So that's kind of where I got super excited. And I realized, wow, this is nuts. So instead of, you know, paying for all these other leads um, and having them go to multiple people, if I could generate my own leads and sell my own leads, this is going to be much better. So knocking doors um, before generating leads, I think the biggest month I had was like $8,000. Okay. And then when I started generating leads, that first month I did that, I, I made 20 grand and I couldn't believe it. I was like so static. You know, I was only like 23 or 24 at the time and none of my friends, like no one that I knew was making that kind of money. Yeah. And it almost like was intimidating. Like all my other friends were just kind of like intimidated by it. And I was just, you know, on the high of the high, like living, living large in a sense, just super pumped. Yeah. And, the next month I broke that record and I did 26,000. Oh my gosh. Wow. And then from there, I just had too many leads. Like I had way more than what I could handle. And so I started to sell them to other people in the solar company that I worked with. And so kind of what I realized is I only have so much time in the day, mm -hmm. right by myself. Um, and so for anyone that wants to build a team, um, lead generation is awesome because you can generate leads not only for yourself, but then if you start giving them to your team, get overrides on those two, you can definitely make a ton of money. And this is also, I mean, I made 20 grand back when I was getting paid like $1,500 a sale. And that's a day. I mean, you can make way more than that a job. So oh, yeah. I think the most I closed in a month was 16. Um, and that was also only working for three months, three weeks out of the month. Cause I made so much money and I was just like, living at home still. I took last week off. I didn't, you know, I was like, I've made plenty of money. I'm going to relax and enjoy myself. So, yeah. Um, incredible. But, you know, looking back at it now, I could have made probably 40, 50 or more uh, easily with the comp plan that people have now, um, which is killer. So uh, I would just, you know, for anybody out there, definitely check out, you know, funnels, um, and just watch YouTube. That's all you really need to do for uh, like lead forms. But, if you want to get into making even more money, then what I would recommend is working first as a sales rep, making yeah. a ton of money and then saving that money. So that way, and then the company you're working with, start selling them leads um, or find another company that wants to buy the leads from you because now I have an army um, and now I'm basically working with uh, the sixth largest company in the nation. And it started out with me basically just working with one small business. So they're, uh, it's called Freedom Forever, and they have a mass, they're a massive large installer. Um, this last year, I took them to be the 135th fastest growing company in the U.S. Uh, for my leads. And we basically have over a thousand sales reps. So... What I did was, if you just kind of think of it as like a McDonald's, right? So let's just pretend that the company that I work with, they own, they are the headquarters of McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of franchises, right? Just like there's thousands and thousands of solar companies out there. Yeah. And essentially what I did is I found one of them that wanted to buy my leads and scale and really grow their business. And within three months, we did over a million dollars of revenue after working with them for three months, um, on their third month in that third month, they actually did a million. 
uh, that month, which was huge. Crazy. Oh. And so the owner basically was like, how the heck is this guy? He's brand new. He just owned his McDonald's or started his McDonald's with us essentially, right? Yeah. How is he the number one guy out of all of these other thousands of people that I have killing it? And so essentially what happened is I just worked my butt off with this one guy and uh, got in contact with a whale is what I would call him. Mm. And he basically said, hey, look, I love what you're doing with this guy here. I happen to have another, you know, 100 plus companies that need leads. And so now um, I'm just generating leads. And um, what I do is I sell those leads to the company. Um, and yeah, so I'm actually down here at the call center right now at the headquarters. So uh, I come down here, I kind of help them out um, just because if they're doing well, then they're going to want to keep doing business with me. And so part of it is just like, you got to grow a team. What's up? Are these solar leads still? Yeah, they're solar leads. That's all I do. So I'm just in the solar industry. I'm doing solar leads. I mean, there is so much money in the solar industry. It's I think it's like the modern gold rush. Yeah. Um, there's, it's a great industry to be in. So whether you're a sales rep or, you know, if you're any, pretty much anywhere in the solar industry, you're in a good spot. Um, but if you can get on the marketing side of it, um, you know, it's kind of nice to be able to work from home. Um, or work in a, like if you want to go down and work at their office here and there, like you could do that. Um, but it's just nice because now I can literally do whatever I want. My ads are running all the time, so I'm still making money, uh, which is really cool. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit of my story and like where I came from. That's um, incredible. But you gotta different. You gotta make yourself different. So there's so much noise in the solar industry. So the biggest thing I think with a, a lot of people that maybe have already tried and have failed Facebook ads is because your ad was the same as everybody else's ad. It was the whole, uh, no costs down or like no money down, you know, like lower your electric bills. Like, so everyone's saying that. So you got to come up with something that's completely different. It makes you makes it when somebody's on Facebook or when someone is looking at your ad, it grabs their attention. Yeah. And, um, you know, whether that is, basically like a random image, a video, something with a lot of color. You got to have a good headline. Like that's what gonna, you know, all that comes into play of me spending over like $5 million last year just on Facebook ads alone. Um, just kind of figuring out what works and what doesn't work. Um, and so it's, it's just a lot of testing, but you can figure it out pretty quickly. Um, and so uh, there's obviously a, a lot more things or gold nuggets I could give out on that, but um, so yeah, so that's my story. That's incredible. Well, yeah, it's crazy to think. I know we got people listening to this that are pinching themselves because it seems like insane that you can just start generating your own leads. We got guys that are knocking, that are struggling to get leads every day. And I mean, it's crazy. You can put that out on Facebook and master it and then boom, just like that, make 26 grand in a month doing it. So what would you say, like part of being a solopreneur is what we call our crowd to listen to the podcast here we're trying to teach people to not only be able to knock doors which is great but also do stuff like you're doing and be able to generate their own needs online um how would you so i guess how did you figure out that you needed to be different because i talked to a lot of people that have maybe tried we got like click funnels funnels we got guys that follow uh, ryan stewman that have kind of the phone sites stuff going on 
and some people have success, some people don't. But uh, where did you, where did you, how did you figure out that you needed to be different? Was it just through testing over time? You saw that you had to be different from all the other companies, and that's how you kind of started to blow it up, or? Yeah. So, I mean, so that's kind of a broad question, but I, I would say, so I found out that I needed to be different from day one on the doors. Right. So yeah. obviously you can have a pitch that someone's given you and knock a hundred doors and you know, maybe you get one or two people that'll listen to you. And that's why people would get, they get burnt out. And so I figured, you know, Hey, if I'm going to spend my time today knocking doors, I better be productive. And so what I would do is I would, Basically, when I, you know, kind of going back to knocking doors, um, just kind of open up with like a friendly conversation and just kind of let them know, you know, the whole, hey, I'm not here to sell you kind of thing. Um, <laughs> we kind of were a little different. We're a little edgy. We kind of, in the beginning, it's probably not even something that I would recommend doing, but we would say we were like a drink specialist and we would go on the side of the house and pretend to look at their smart meter and then have them bring their bill back out and then kind of just walk them through how the bill worked and nice. just kind of say, Hey, you know, we could put this on your roof and save you money. Yeah. So that was like when I first started. Right. But I kind of, from that, even though it was edgy, that's just what I was trained. And I learned from being edgy that you don't want to lie to people, but if you, you got to come up with something that's going to make you different. And so we would do something that would be a little bit different. Um, and then inside the home, um, what I would do is rather than being a super pushy sales guy, I would either close the deal, but if somebody was on the fence, something that I did that works out really, really well, um, is I would just let them know, Hey, look, um, you know, we need to get a site surveyor over here. I don't even know if we can get you solar. So I would pitch them the whole price. I would pitch them everything. And then what I would let them like pretty much, I would let them decide if they wanted to go solar or not. But I would just let them know, Hey, let's get a site survey over here. You're going to sign all this, all these paperwork and all these docs uh, for multiple reasons. One is, you know, there's liability reasons when somebody goes on your roof. Um, we don't want to, if we break a tile or something like that, we need to replace it. Um, and two, if he falls off, it's just that way nobody's going to get sued. But someone needs to really come up on the roof with the sun eye and measure and make sure what I propose to you is something that we can actually do. And then from there, after the site survey, I'll give you a call and you guys just let me know if you want to move forward or not. And so I would just do that with people that were on the fence. I wouldn't do that with every single sale. Yeah. But I'm telling you, nine out of the 10 homes I would go to, I would leave with a signature. Um, and it wasn't just throwing crap on the wall, you know, and hoping it would stick. But when I found out, Hey, you know, rather than being that pushy guy and kind of doing the whole Grant Cardone stuff, I love Grant, but when, you know, you gotta let the customer really make the decision. And then the people that you need to push over on the edge, that's when you just kind of take it away. So you put something in front of them, you let them know you can help. And then you take it away and you say, Hey, we don't even know if you can get this. So, you know, I know you guys need to take some time, um, to think about it. Uh, some things too that I would do, um, is I'd walk out to my car and I'd actually go sit in my car and say, Hey, got to make a phone call. You guys go ahead and talk about, about it for a second and then I'll come back in and you just let me know what you want to do. And a lot of times when I would do that, I'd come back in and they'd be like, all right, let's do it. Or they would just tell me, Hey, we still need to think about it. And if they still needed to think about it, that's kind of when I would push the whole, you know, site survey thing and just kind of say, Hey, I don't know if we can get this done. Let's just go ahead and sign these docs. You guys still have time to think about it. You're not locked into anything. Um, 
and I hardly ever had those cancel. Like it was very rare that somebody would cancel after a site survey was done just because then they knew, okay, this is legit. This is actually a company. Somebody came to my house and you just gotta be really likable. Like if you can make yourself a likable person, people do business with people. They don't do business with another person or with another business yeah. They're doing it because of you. So that's probably the biggest thing that I learned. Um, when I was knocking doors and just as a sales guy in general. Um, now, if we're going to talk about being different online, it's the same thing. I learned it, you know, from day one knocking doors, and that's why I think people need to knock doors. I wish everybody in their life had to go knock doors for a year. Yeah. The world would be a better place. I mean, you learn, wow, how grateful I am to have a family or my house doesn't look like this or, you know, like people are yelling at each other and screaming, and I was just like, wow, like, I didn't realize how blessed I am. Yeah. Uh, it, there's just so many things you learn from knocking doors, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Well, I, I'm sure you've coached people and helped a lot of people do the same thing you're doing. But um, in my case, and I know people have been the same, I got into the online lead gen probably, I don't know, six months or so ago is when I first started thinking like that, like, Oh, maybe there is actually a way besides knocking doors that can generate leads. And that's when I started out, I hired like a guy that was already doing it to coach me. His name was Ben Claybrook. He's kind of my first coach on it. And um, I don't know if you experienced the same thing. Maybe you have some stories too, but I launched my funnel. I was getting leads for about a month or so, closed two, three deals. But then after that, my results just bombed. Um, wasn't getting as good a result since. Um, wasn't just was kind of overwhelmed. I didn't know what to do with my ads. Didn't know how to tweak my ads. Didn't know where to go from there. And so that's when I kind of like gave up a little bit. Luckily it's gotten a little better since then. But uh, I started to realize that you got to tweak your ads. You do got to be different. I didn't think about that. I thought I could just launch one ad, launch my same funnel and it would generate leads for the rest of my life. But well, what did your ad say? Um, I had, I was using banner ads and it was the same, like you mentioned before, it was just like the zero down solar program, just like free solar in California, something like that. Just, I think kind of the typical ad that you see, um, is yours a similar ad on Facebook or is that what everyone's pretty much doing in California now? It's like, yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing with that is I mean, depending what state you're in, it doesn't matter. Um, you need to act like it's something that's new that just happened. Okay. Um, your headline, if you don't have a good headline, I mean, you have five seconds for somebody to see it. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is I don't just use images of solar on a roof. I will use like photos of the beach, photos of a boat, photos of a sunset, photos, anything that's beautiful that will catch your eye. It doesn't have to be an image of solar. Um, you know, I, and I will do some images with solar, uh, but the thing is, I think a lot of people give up um, because they don't test a lot of ads. And so when I'm, I have in thousands, bless you, thousands of ads uh, running and kind of day one, what you have to know is until your ad has 6,000 impressions, the algorithm on Facebook does, ha it has no clue, like it has n no data um, to really judge where those ads should be placed. So until you have 6,000 impressions on an ad, um, 
you you have no idea. So my rule of thumb is if I launch an ad mm-hmm. and I spend 50 bucks and I don't get a conversion, I kill it. Okay. And then if I have an ad that's doing well and I'm getting leads for like a dollar, I know they're not going to stay a dollar because it's only, it has only gotten like 128 impressions. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a good start. Right. And so, um, even if anything clicks for 20 bucks, 30 bucks, I'm happy. Um, because I know over time, once it gets to 6,000 impressions, I know that it's going to be pretty consistent with whatever it got. Um, and if that happens to be anything, honestly, under 40 bucks, I'll run with that all day long. Um, because I know it's about one out of four or one out of five leads is going to turn into an appointment. So if I'm spending $200 to get an appointment, I would rather spend $200 all day long to put myself in a house than knock doors all day long because if I can have a day of four or five appointments every day, I mean, I'm going to close, let's say half of them cancel and then I have a 90% close rate. I mean, I'm still going to get one or two a day and I spent $200. So maybe I spent 800 bucks to get an actual sale, but because I'm going to be making three or four grand on the sale, it's worth it. And I didn't have to knock a door and I can be way more productive. And some days you're not going to have a 50% cancellation rate at the house. You know, you're going to have a, a full day. Um, but the, it's just the law of numbers and law of averages. It's about half the people. If you book anything that's not a next day, 50% of them are going to cancel on you. So you want to set everything for next day and don't try and push it out. If today is, let's say it's Monday, even though it's Friday, and they want to book for Saturday, the chances are they're not going to remember. So you really want to book everything for the next day if possible. Um, and then, you know, if they can't, that's fine. But just make sure you kind of follow up with them before you go to that appointment. Yeah. So. Yeah. So let me ask you, did you have any like early struggles with your ads? Cause I'm sure you had to kind of learn the process too, but how did you go from launching your first ads and actually getting them convert, converting in, I guess what kind of training or coaching did it take for you for you to be able to crack the code and figure out how to get your ads to convert? Did you have kind of the up and down like I did or was it like you launched them in instant success type thing for you? No, I was actually very edgy. Um, so I was very edgy and I actually made a, I didn't know like when ClickFunnels was really new and you couldn't like, it was hard to attach a domain when I started. Yeah. So I made a, I made an email address that was called PGE, and then I put some random numbers in it at gmail.com. So then when people would look at my website, they thought it was a PGE website. And I put all this PGE crap on it. Nice. And, and so I got leads right away because I was saying it was a PGE solar program. <laughs> and so okay. I got leads for dirt cheap, but then after I got probably like 200 of them. Eugene contacted me and sent me a letter in the mail and we're like, Hey, you can't do this. And I was like, crap. So I was like, okay, there goes that. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you better take this off or you're going to get a lawsuit. So, <laughs> but I learned a lot of stuff from that. You know, I learned, Hey, I gotta be different. Yeah. Um, and so essentially from doing that, I was just like, okay. So then I, what I did is I made something, where I called it uh, a California County solar program. So I got the idea from, you know, PACE programs that this is a county program. And I started making ads that were, hey, this is something that launched in your county. Your county approved this. 
And people will relate if it's something that is exclusive in their state or exclusive in their city or exclusive in their county. And you want to make it sound exclusive to them, right? You got to relate and you got to talk to them especially. Um, and that's something that really helped out a lot. But if it's something broad and you're just being like everybody else, hey, you go solar, it's no cost down, this and that, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, it's just you're speaking the same thing. You're just the same noise as everybody else. So in order to stick out of that noise, you got to do something different than everybody else. So yeah. That's pretty much what I did. Okay. And something I've struggled with, because as you know, following like Russell Brunson, he's teaching go funnel hack people, go see what's working for other people, and then just pretty much copy it. Just put your own twist on it and spin it. But um, then we got this other school of thought where it's like be different. So how much when you're launching like solar ads, trying to run Facebook ads for solar or other types of things, how much do you think should be modeled after what's working for other companies and how much should be kind of your own thing? For you, it's like, yeah, what I did actually is I went on Google and I just typed in solar and I looked at a bunch of companies and I looked at their websites and I looked for anything that I could see that was good, like a good idea. Like I didn't come up with the idea of like a no cost solar program or coming up with something like all of my headlines that I have, I've just stolen those from other companies that don't know how to market, but they had a good idea. So they put it on their website. Their website sucks. And they don't know how to advertise with it. So I would steal their headlines and test them and see if they worked. And the ones that work, I let them run. And the ones that don't, I kill them. Okay. Okay. That's the way to do it. So you're more just stealing headlines and then everything else is kind of your own ideas. They're just mostly the headlines that you look for from other companies and other ads. Yeah. And I mean, I'll come up with stuff on my own, you know, over time, obviously. I mean, I'll, I'll come up with something um, and I'll test it. But when you're first starting, I think it's great to get an idea of what other people are saying so you know what the noise is out there, right? And we all know uh, the whole no money down, lower your bill 30%, this and that. Like, that, that's just common sense because we've all been trained that. But yeah. there are some people out there in other states that have different things. And so just kind of doing your research um, before you spend a lot of money on something is just it's kind of smart. to If something catches your eye and you're like, wow, that's something I've never heard before. That's probably a good idea to use to launch your net. Um, and then, you know, obviously I'll come up with something myself. But when I first started, uh, I didn't come up with something myself. I just, that's what I did is I went online. I found something that no one was, I'd never seen before. And I'm like, this should be great. And I did it and it ran awesome. Yeah, okay. And how much, uh, I know a lot of fear some of the fears of reps we have that do want to launch their own funnels, their own ads is it's just like, Oh, I need to spend, pay my own out of pocket money for this. And what if it doesn't work? What if I'm wasting my money? What if it does work? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Right. And that's kind of the thing. What if, what if, what if, um, my biggest thing was my first funnel when I first launched it was the most lame thing that I've ever seen. And it still works. Um, but what it comes down to is it doesn't come down to your funnel. Your funnel can look like a piece of crap. I've had a funnel that I paid $1,000 to make that didn't even work because it looked too good. So okay. not like afraid of, you know, not knowing how to launch something or taking action and like, what if it doesn't work? I'm going to waste money. Well, guess what? You know, if you don't change what you're already doing, 
uh, you're not going to have different results. So I just knew I wanted something different. My results weren't where I were or where I was at. So if you got to start and you don't have capital, I mean, you need to have at least two grand. And if you don't have two grand, well, go borrow it from somebody or go make it, you know. And then from there, now you have enough capital and just look, just. I mean, it's better than going out and buying lottery tickets or going gambling. And, you know, that's a short-term thing. But if you take that and implement it and you test it and you find something that works, man, you're going to be super pumped on it. And I didn't even have – I think I only had about $1,500 in my bank account. Um, and so that's why I did my research first on just finding something that – like a good copy and a good headline and making something different than what everybody else was saying. Um, and then testing it and I did good, you know, so that's just kind of, um, kind of my thought process on it is you can be on the fence and be scared, but yeah, if you don't have money, like you obviously need to go close some deals first. Yeah, true. So when you say two grand, would two grand be just for testing the ads or what, what would you do? You start it over. Well, you gotta pay for your funnel, right? So it's like 97 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Um, then with your ads, yeah, you're definitely gonna do that. You're gonna want to, um, you're gonna need a Zapier integration, which basically takes the leads from uh, ClickFunnels, and then you're gonna put that to a Google Sheet. So it's automation, so that way you don't have to go inside ClickFunnels every day and look and see every few minutes, you know, did I get a new person and all this stuff. Um, that can just go straight to your, uh, on a Google Sheet that you can just check on your phone you know, if you're out knocking or whatever, yeah. and if you do one, then you're just going to call them right away um, and try and talk to them, qualify them and set up an appointment. Um, but I would just use the two grand for just ad spend and I would probably run hundred dollars a day to start. Um, but I would run $25 on four different campaigns. So I would do four campaigns, each one at 25 bucks inside those campaigns just have one ad set and then on your ads level, maybe have like six ads. So that way you're running, you know, 24 different ads for a hundred bucks and then give it a couple days. And you know, in five days, yeah, you spent 500 bucks, but you should get a couple leads off of that for sure. Okay. Well, Tyler's dropping some dimes here. So I hope everyone's taking notes cause I'm going to want to write this stuff down. So uh, good stuff to hear. And the other, the other question I had is, People struggle, I think, with how to actually get a handle these leads after they get them. I don't know if you've noticed that, but I've worked with companies, people that have gotten a lead, and then they don't call them till a week later. And as you right. know, if you do that, you're doomed. No hope. Yeah. <laughs> no hope yeah, for that lead. So what's yeah. your best practice for contacting these leads? And you get a lead, what do you do with it right after? And what's your process after that? So that's really like, I mean – almost where you need a team involved because you want to have somebody that's constantly watching the sheet um, because if the lead comes in, you know, after five minutes, uh, it's, it's pretty hard to get a hold of them. But if you call them within five minutes, our contact rate's usually 52%, uh, which is really good. Um, so either just keep, con if you're by yourself in the beginning, cause you're not going to be able to hire somebody. Mm -hmm. I, I just watched it 24 seven, but yeah, it'd suck if I'm like in an appointment and I get like two or three leads and I didn't call them. Um, typically, if I call them after the appointment or the next, and then the next morning, um, you want to call them. Also, something you want to do is double dial. So, call them once. If they don't answer, call them again because a lot of people, what will happen is you call somebody two times back to back, 
and it's a number that I don't know and someone's calling me, but they call me twice, I usually pick up on the second ring because I'm like, oh, this is probably important. Like, I don't know why they're calling me twice. Mm -hmm. uh, most, most solicitors call you know, just once. Um, and if they don't get an answer, then they just try calling again later on. Yeah. So that's something too that I learned that's been super helpful. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's the game of speed. So the second it comes in, you want to be able to call them as fast as possible. Okay. And what are your thoughts on using like local numbers? Cause I know in my case, I'm from Utah. I have a Utah number. Um, so I was calling them from that number, but do you suggest like getting, I don't know, Google voice or something. So it does show up as like a local number when you're calling these leads. Yeah, you can get a Google Voice number. I've done that too. Um, but yeah. honestly, if you call back to back um, and you just have a cell phone, it's even a random area code. I mean, I'm getting leads in Colorado, Nevada, Arizona, California, and I'm pretty much the call center. I have them call on a cell phone first, um, and they double dial. And I mean, with a cell phone, we're at a 52% contact rate with an area code of 951 in SoCal, and we're calling all over the place. So. It's not that big of a deal. Obviously, local presence, you know, is is good to have. But still, if someone sees it's a number and they don't know it, even if it's local presence, yeah, it helps. But mm -hmm. the double dial is more important. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, and then as far as like your follow up process, you said you contact maybe fifty two percent with the people you don't contact. What's your process with those leads? Are you following up with them just? Yeah, that's on day one. So 52% on day one, right? So okay. we call them minimum first time you double dial. And then after that, I try and call them three times in the first day and then at least 10 times within three days. Um, and then after that, I throw them into a dialer, uh, which is now that's getting more complex. So that's not until you have a team. But if you, like, you won't need to do that. But I would call them. I mean, if you spent 30 bucks on these guys, I'm going to call them until they tell me, you know, until they answer the dang phone. So if <laughs> yeah. you call them 100 times, they're going to get called 100 times. Yeah. Okay. And the easiest script, so I think a lot of people don't know when they call someone, like, what to say, right? Yeah. And so let me tell you guys what I use as a script. Okay. And it works really well. It's super simple because these people aren't cold calls. These are people that want you to call, and I think – a lot of people are just afraid and they don't know what to say and they bomb them, right? And so that's something too. Mm -hmm. But if you literally just said, um, like if you were calling, uh, like let's just say, I was calling you, Taylor, and I was like, hey, is this Taylor? Yes. Yeah, hey, this? Hey, this is, hey, Taylor, this is Tyler. I'm just following up about the solar program that you saw on Facebook. How's your day going? Uh, good. Awesome. I saw that ad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So, hey, um, you know, I'm just uh, an appointment setter. It's just my job to see if you qualify. It takes about 60 seconds. Um, you know, this program is designed for homeowners. Do you happen to be the homeowner? Yes. Yeah, this is my home. Okay, awesome. And um, do you know what the highest electric bill you've had since you've been living there was? Uh, I think it was about 250 Yeah, okay. around something like that. And that's the highest one? Yeah. Okay. And what about your lowest one? Lowest was probably like 90. Okay, right on. And then um, as far as uh, like your credit goes, do you know if your credit's above or below 650? Um, I think it's above. Yeah, okay. probably around 700. 
Okay, cool. And so like if you had told me it was below, you know, obviously if we're in a pace area, then I would go with different qualifying questions. And then it also, if they get all mad because they're like, why are you asking about my credit? Right. So if you're being a hard, like a hardball, yeah. um, I would just let them know. It's just so we know which program, um, you know, we can offer you. And then if you're in an area where they have to have a credit above 650 and you can just let them know, you know, unfortunately this isn't going to work for you. Um, okay. so anyway, so I'll keep going with the pitch. Um, okay, great. So, uh, you know, basically all we do from here um, is it takes us about 30 to 45 minutes to see if uh, we can come over and, um, you know, have you save money going solar. Um, have you ever had like a solar quote though before? Um, yeah, I have before. This seemed like a little bit different, so I wanted to check it out, but um, yeah, I have okay. before. Okay, no worries. So most people are going to tell you no, though, right? So if they say yes, they're an easy one. You're like, okay, cool. Um when are, when are you and your spouse usually available for 30 minutes, mornings or afternoons, right? And then I would just go into booking it from there. If they say no, which I was hoping you were going to say. Um, so if you said, no, it's okay. Um, you're just, you're, you're being easy on me, which is awesome. But I also want to give you like, a so if you say no, right? Um, I would say totally perfect. Uh, so basically, you know, we come out for about 30 to 45 minutes. And uh, so you'll need to have an electric bill um, because with that electric bill, uh, it'll allow us to see kind of how much electricity you, that you use. So do you get that in the mail or do you get it online? Uh, we get it online usually. Okay, perfect. So if you can print that out before, that would be great. Um, if not, I'll just get it when I come over. Uh, and then essentially how this works is I'll come over, basically show you the, the numbers. There's no money out of pocket that you would be putting down. It's essentially just a bill swap. So instead of you paying your utility, um, every month, you just have a solar payment that would be less money. And so if we can help you lower your money and you don't have to pay anything out of pocket and you like what you see, uh, then we can move forward. But other than that, if that sounds good, um, when are you and your wife usually home for about 30 minutes, mornings or afternoons? Uh, we're pretty busy, actually. You know what? We'll just call you when we have time. Um, hey, that's, number. that's totally fine. And I understand, um, you know, that you want to uh, to give me a call. Um, but was there, you know, in order for me to actually see if we could help you out, you know, you've, you've passed all these questions that you have right now. Um, it only take about 30 minutes to see if I could help you guys save a couple thousand dollars this year. So if that's, you know, if you're not looking to save some money, that's okay. But I, I think we could help you out. It's, there's no obligation or anything. Um, I do have an opening tomorrow at six. I could just swing by for about 15 minutes. I'll be super short. Um, and just leave it with you and see if there's something that we could do. Um, you know, so would it be worth it maybe just for 15 minutes tomorrow at six, if I drop by, uh, to see if we could help you save a couple thousand dollars? Uh, yeah, that'll probably work. Can you call before you come though? To make yeah, it totally. yeah, cool. Okay. So awesome. So yeah, so most people won't give you that objection right then. They'll give you that objection, you know, later on, but that's cool that you gave me that objection. So if you do get an objection, mm disagree with them and then just let them know, Hey, I totally understand your concern. Um, but you know, if we could help you save a couple thousand dollars, you know, would it be worth it? And some people will tell you no still and some people tell you yes, but honestly, these people are pretty, you'll be shocked. These people will be actually very happy to talk to you and they're pretty easy to book, but it's important that you explain, um, that, you know, it's not going to cost them any money out of pocket and that you're just doing a bill swap and, you know, all we're trying to do is just help you lower a bill you're already paying and then just kind of let them know that um, beforehand. And then when you get there, it just makes it a lot easier when you're presenting. Boom. Well, there you have it. Um, yeah, I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is not knowing what to say because 
in my funnel that I launched. Um, yeah, just kind of a lot of people I called. I don't know if you've expected it, but some people I call, they're like, oh, just email me over the information. They like do not want to meet up. So if they like want just an email, what do you, how do you overcome that objection of people saying, oh, just send me the info, just send me the info. Yeah. So that's when I just go back to just kind of saying I'm an appointment setter. You know, I don't really want them to know that I'm the sales rep too. Um, and I just said, you know, it's just my job to see if you qualify. And I was like, I understand that you want an email. Um, you know, but what, what specifically did you want to email on? Or, you know, like, was there something that you would want because I could come over tomorrow for about 15 minutes or whatever and give you all the documents. Like I don't have anything I can email you right now. So I don't really email anybody if they're like, they just want an email. I try and fight the objection and still set the appointment. And then if I, you know, if, if they just still are like, nah, I just want an email, I'm just like, well, screw off, you know, kind of like, I'll just call this person. So. Cool. Well, cool, man. You have dropped some uh, serious, serious knowledge on us. And I'm definitely going to have to take all the words from this and make the script out of it. Cause yeah, I think that's a money script you're using. Um, well, cool. I know we're running short on time here, Tyler, but, uh, if people want to find out more about what you're doing, I'm sure you've got courses, stuff like that. How can people? Yeah, so actually, um, it's kind of cool. So in two weeks from now, I'm going to be launching a course. I'm going to give it away to about 200 people for free that are in the solar industry just to kind of help out and give back. Okay. Um, if you guys want that, just go to tylereggleston.com. So it's T-Y-L-E-R-E-G-G-L-E-S-T-O-N.com. Cool. Um, so I'm redoing my site right now. Um, the course is already done. I just got to get some new graphics and some stuff up. But um, yeah, so that'll be kind of a, um, of course I'll be selling for two grand, but I'm going to give it away for free for the next two. Oh, uh, okay. So that'll definitely be something that you guys will want to get your hands on for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just go to my website. It's just by first and last name.com. Awesome. Okay. You so see, you said 200 people only you're giving that course to. Yeah. Just the first initial 200 and then I'm going to charge after that. So I just, you know, want to, help out and get back. The thing is, anytime I give something away for free, most people don't do anything with it, but once they invest then they take it more serious. So, um, but for those that will take it serious and they literally are just starting and don't know what to do and they have no money, if they do take it serious, I mean, it can be. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Be one of those, do not miss out on the opportunity. Be one of those 200 people. And I'm definitely going to get my hands on that. So I'm going to go make sure I'm, in that right away and is that teaching people just facebook ads or is it solar specific it'll be yeah so it'll be a whole course from you know if you're knocking doors all the way through what i'm doing specifically and um yeah so it'll be uh from start to finish awesome cool well thanks for offering that tour audience tyler and it's been great Uh, having you on board any uh, final tips final advice you want to give to people in their own lead generation or um, our solarpreneurs here. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I would just say is just, you know, don't be afraid to put something out there that sucks. Um, is until you put it out there, you know, who knows if it really does suck or not. Um, so like the first phone that you build, uh, don't worry about it. I mean, just use a template that's on there, change some words and start testing it and then start moving things around. Like if you're under a 10% opt-in rate, your funnel's wrong. If you have more people coming to your page and, you know, you're below that, um, yeah, it's a problem. If you're above that, you're doing something good. If you don't even have people going to your landing page and that's under 10%, um, then your ads are wrong. So that's pretty much the numbers. Um, you know, the standard is going to be one out of 10 people that land on your page. 
should put in their info. Yeah. Okay, and I definitely agree with that. I wasted years procrastinating because I didn't think I wanted stuff to be perfect. Got a lot of perfection here, so I definitely agree. Done is better than perfect. And guys, don't be afraid to invest in mentors like Tyler. People have already done these things. Go get his course, and that's how you're going to learn how to master it. So, uh, Tyler, we want to thank you again for being on the show, and uh, definitely good help to our audience here. And uh, we'll be in touch with everything. But appreciate, man, and happy birthday the other day too. Saw that was your birthday. So, well, thanks, man. <laughs> All right, hey, thanks for having me on, and you guys have a killer 2019. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tyler. Hey, solopreneurs. Thanks for hopping on the show today with Tyler Eggleston. If you haven't already, go ahead and drop him a like, shoot him a message, and let him know you appreciated the knowledge he dropped for us today. For next week, we're going to have the man, Austin Lisi, come on and share an unorthodox way of generating your leads. Are you missing out on leads? Are you sick and tired of not closing the deals that you deserve to? Well, it's probably because you don't have enough leads. So got a huge focus on lead generation. We want to hear all about how people generate their leads and how they nurture them. So hop on next week's episode to hear from the man, the myth, the legend, Austin Lisi. And hear his story of how he went from a musician, probably broke, because that's what, well, a lot of musicians are broke. But now he is definitely making it rain. So tune in to next week's episode on Friday and let us know what you think. Peace. Wow, what another amazing episode of the Solarpreneur Podcast. Now, before we take off here, do us a favor and go leave an honest review on your platform of choice or wherever you're listening to this podcast. It helps us get the word out about the Solarpreneur movement and impact more entrepreneurs, sales professionals, and marketers just like you. And hey, don't forget to head over to Facebook and join the Solarpreneur group for more daily content that's going to impact you and help you take your sales game to the next level. See you guys in the next episode.